Welcome to Inclusion Matters, a podcast about children's development from the Center for Inclusive Childcare. Welcome to Inclusion Matters, a podcast from the Center for Inclusive Childcare. I'm Priscilla Weigel, the Executive Director, and I'm here today again with one of our recurring special guests, Sarah Hawley, who is a public health nurse and also owns Minnesota Child Care Health Consultants. And she is out and about in child care settings all over the state. And she's here today to talk to us about a really timely, timely topic. How do we keep our staff, our whole team healthy so that we can provide quality care for kids who are also very sick? So welcome, Sarah. Hi, Priscilla. Thanks for having me. Happy to be here today. Well, I appreciate you taking the time to talk with us about this subject because I know that you have some really useful insights for folks that you can share about ways that they as individuals can really look at how do I keep me and my coworkers safe, but also just looking at their own lifestyle too to maintain healthy habits. So why don't we just jump right in and why don't you share some of the things that you wanted to talk about today? Sure. Sounds great. Thanks again for having me. Um, yeah, I think we should maybe just start off, um, you know, it's November and there's lots of illness going around, lots of respiratory illness. So a lot of this is probably reminders for folks, but good reminders, even for me, it just always helps to hear this from a health professional. Um, so maybe we'll just start off talking about some healthy habits. And then after we go through those, talk about like ongoing lifestyle, you know, changes that people can make to just um, help them stay overall well, but we'll kind of maybe start. Um, I always like to focus on like six things in kind of disease prevention. So um, one thing you've all heard it, but I always kind of um, remind folks is wash hands and wash them often cleaning um, surfaces, disinfecting, proper respiratory etiquette, um, not sharing personal items, make sure you're up to date on vaccinations, and then of course, stay home when you're sick. Yeah. Yeah. Wonderful. Those, and you know, some of the tips, and as we look at those six things, just if there's one highlight, I I think just the reminder of hand washing, not just for the adults in the setting, but for the children as well, that can make such a huge difference. Yes, absolutely. And it's one thing like in centers, um, you know, we can talk about hand washing, but really staff should definitely be monitoring um, children's hand washing, assist them if they need help. Um, You know, it's a great skill to teach them. And then, you know, when you help the child wash their hands, wash the child's hands first and then, you know, your own hands. Um, But we all say wash hands often. So even if your hands don't look dirty, you should just be washing them often. Um, it just helps the spread of germs. So, you know, we all know that our hands can carry germs. So it's super important just to wash them throughout the day. Like I said, even if they don't look dirty, and I would honestly say if you could take one thing from this today, it would be to wash your hands. Your health will thank you. It's it's probably one of the most important ways to prevent the spread of illness. So um, everyone probably knows how to wash their hands, but good reminders are, you know, wash for that full 20 seconds. You always hear singing the ABCs you know, um, county to a hundred, whatnot. Um, so a good 20 seconds, um, lather up, scrub all surfaces of your hands, you know, tops, bottoms, the palms in between your fingers and then rinse. And we do want to be sure that we're using just a single service, either cloth or paper towel that we don't have like a towel hanging that gets used throughout the day. 
Um, so then if it's a paper towel, just single service, turn the faucet off with it at the end and make sure you throw it in the trash. Um, and then just good reminders of when to wash your hands too. Obviously, you know, after changing diapers, using the restroom, um, eating, you know, before and after you uh, prep food or, you know, cook it, serve it um, after you do first aid or if you're around a sick child, Um if you wear a face mask, you know, we've been into those with COVID, make sure before you put the face mask on, you wash your hands and then after you remove it as well. So just little reminders about that. Um, other times, you know, I always think of like after you sneeze or blow your nose, um, you want to wash your hands after you handle the garbage. Um, and even when you touch um, frequently touched areas like door handles, doorknobs, faucet handles, that sort of thing. That's just a good time, you know, to wash your hands, dirty dishes, dirty laundry, that sort of thing. One thing, Sarah, that's coming to mind as I'm thinking and I'm picturing myself in the setting, whether it's a family child care home or a center-based care, you know, when children put toys in their mouth and we as the adult will say, oh, nope, got to go wash that. And we take it from the child and we go put it somewhere, remembering to wash our hands before we go back to interacting with kids and, and surfaces, et cetera. I think that that's something that can be easily forgotten because we're moving quickly to get it away from the child and get those germs contained in a basket for washing for later or whatever, but to remember to wash your own hands as well at that point and the child's hands at that point too. Yes, absolutely. That's a great point. Thanks for bringing that up. Um, Yeah, really, really important there. And then obviously those toys get, you know, washed and sanitized that have been in the mouth, but yeah, really important to wash your hands after that. Um, One other thing is we get a lot of questions about hand sanitizer versus hand washing. So, um, you know, if soap and water are not available, then you can use like an alcohol-based um, hand sanitizer. It sh- in order to be effective, it should have about 60% alcohol content. Um, and you want to be sure to use enough that you rub it on both hands, you know, covering all surfaces of the hands. If your hands dry in like less than 10 seconds, you probably haven't used enough. So you want to make sure to repeat it then or just get enough on your hands to begin with. Not as effective as washing one's hands, for sure. Um, You know, it doesn't really clean them, but it can help to kill the germs when you're in a situation where, you know, you just, you don't have soap and water, which can happen. Make sure, you know, if you're in the child care center, it has to be out of the reach of children, obviously. Um, But yeah, it could be, it can definitely be an effective um, alternative. Same with those pre-moistened, like, cleansing towelettes that you see, like, in the red pouch. Just make sure that they do have that 60% alcohol content to be effective. That's a good reminder about the the drying in 10 seconds. You know, if that that's that's not enough, that's good to to be mindful of when you're using sanitizer. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, great. Absolutely. That's a good thing too. Um, you know, if you're in and out of programs, like maybe your coaches or us as health consultants, you know, you, you obviously don't have a sink in your car. So when you leave the program to have some hand sanitizer or those cleansing cloths in your car, you know, until you can get to a sink to um, wash your hands. That's great. And then the second thing we had mentioned was cleaning and disinfecting those commonly used surfaces. So that's another really important step to reduce germs. So, you know, germs live on the surfaces. So soap and water is usually enough, but any um, mouth surfaces, like you mentioned, the mouth toys or tabletops that, you know, the kids eat off of the tables or the high chair trays, those should be sanitized. And then um, disinfecting would go on diapering tables and bathrooms, that sort of thing. Um, And you can use just a bleach solution or, um, you know, an EPA 
um, certified disinfectant would work as well. That has an EPA environmental protection agency registration number on the label. Um, so keeping those surfaces clean will reduce germs, which is super important. Um, another one that I mentioned, cough and sneeze into a tissue or your sleeve, super important. So we know that, you know, if you're sick, the air that comes out of your mouth when you cough or sneeze can contain germs. So if someone's close by, they can breathe those in. Um, or what can happen is if you, you know, cough and it gets on a surface, then the next person to touch that contaminated surface can become ill. So we do want to make sure that we, and, you know, we teach kids as well to sneeze or cough into that tissue or your shirt sleeve, um, just not into your hands. And then, you know, if you use a tissue, make sure you throw it away in the trash and wash your hands. Um, and just a reminder too, if you are feeling ill, have respiratory symptoms and you're out in public, or if you've got COVID symptoms or anything, we really should be masking sure. still. Yeah, that's a good reminder. Yeah. That's a good reminder. And I think, you know, one thing too, where you, the next thing on the list, I believe was sharing personal items. And I think that sometimes in a, in a family, you know, you think, oh, we all have the same germs. You've heard that said many, many times and, oh, we're all, you know. But being aware of making sure that everybody has their own things to be either putting in their mouth. You know, we all have our own toothbrushes. We wouldn't share a toothbrush. Right. It's kind of the same idea with other things as well. Yeah, absolutely. We really don't want to share like cups and utensils just because, you know, you can not feel sick until a day or two later when you might have, you know, those germs that can make someone sick. So all of a sudden you say, you know, here, try my you know, drink or whatever, and then they drink out of it. So now you've just shared the germs. So we do want to be mindful of that. Like you said, we all have our own toothbrush. Um, it's a good idea to have your own towels. Yeah. Um, don't share those things between washes and then just, you know, have your own cups, your own utensil, utensils, toothbrushes, that sort of thing. Just a good reminder. Very true. Very true. And then, you know, this is the reminder about vaccinations. This mm-hmm. is the time of year. Yeah. So vaccinations. This can definitely help to prevent infectious diseases. So um, we always think of children, infants, especially getting vaccinations, but um, adults need some as well. Mm -hmm. So we want to make sure that, you know, you're up to date on immunizations for you and your family members as well. It's just good preventative health, you know, can save from big headaches or illness down the road. So one thing we always um, talk about is the seasonal flu vaccine. So typically giving, given, you know, in the fall, um, usually end of August throughout the fall. But, you know, if you decide all of a sudden in January, February that you want to get one, if you hadn't, you could still get it anytime. Um, but right now, if you haven't had one, would be a good um, time to get it. It, do, it does take about two weeks roughly to form the antibodies to be effective. So that's something to keep in mind. Um, and this is a, probably our number one tool um, as a way to prevent getting the flu. So, and it is recommended for everyone six months of age and up who don't have contraindications. And, you know, it doesn't prevent the flu. It's not a hundred percent, but it decreases your chances of getting it. And then if you do get the flu, you'll probably have a shorter duration, a much more mild case. And we also have to keep in mind that it um, helps not only protect us, but those around us. So especially if you've got little ones that don't have built up immune systems, something to keep in mind. Other vaccinations, just real quick that I think of, COVID vaccine, of course, you know, initial vaccine, and, you know, now there is a booster as well. So the CDC website is a great place um, to go on or Minnesota Department of Health to get vaccination information. 
Um, typically, adults also need every 10 years like a Tdap, so tetanus and diphtheria or the tetanus, diphtheria, acellular pertussis. That's every 10 years, so something to keep in mind. Uh, shingles vaccine for those over age 50, and then the pneumonia vaccine for those over age 65. So good preventative health care. You know, if you go into the doctor regularly, that's something that you can discuss and that they're probably tracking as well and would have those recommendations um, of when to get immunized. That's really important reminders. Thank you for bringing that up. And and one that I think is sometimes um, hard to do when people are fully employed and they're worried about missing work and not having sick time and all of that, but staying home when you're not feeling well. And I think you mentioned this earlier on in our conversation. Sometimes you don't even know when you could be really you don't know the status of your cold. So let's say you feel kind of icky one day and you're like, oh, I'm fine. And then the next day you're feeling maybe a little ickier, but not totally. Oh, I'm fine. I'm gonna, And then, you know, then you get hit really hard with this terrible cold. And in the meantime, you've been at work for two full days sharing right. your germs. Yep. So you really do want to stay home when you're sick. Um, you know, just to protect those around you, not spread the illness, obviously get those around you sick because then it just spirals. But also for you, when you are sick, it's best to just stay home and rest. So not being out in public, you know, to get others sick, but then also taking care of yourself, you'll probably get well sooner. And then you also won't get those germs. And then in turn too, make sure that, you know, you're not around those who are sick. You know, if someone invites you over and says, Oh, I've been homesick all week from work. It's probably the best idea not to go. Yeah, right. So. Yeah, that's a good reminder. And I think, too, right now, as our listeners can attest to in childcare, such a challenging time for staff being sick, children being sick. We're in November in Minnesota. It's just, it's a challenge and we get it. And, but, you know, as you noted, if one person brings in those germs, there's like that domino effect. So it's, it's creating this long-term ramification from just one human with those germs. Right. Cause it is challenging. You know, there's already a childcare staffing, you know, shortage, yep. there's big challenges there. So then for someone to stay home, you know, then you're short with that one person, but it's better for them to stay home and try and nip it in the bud than to have them at work. And then, like you said, it spirals and now all of a sudden you've got four staff out right. or something. So. Yeah, I do understand it is it is tricky. It is challenging. Um, but you kind of got to prioritize, you know, one's health and try and just stop it there so that it doesn't, you know, spread throughout the whole program. Right. That's very true, because all those children have families and they go home to their families, too. So then you're you're, you know, spreading to this huge ripple effect, which is a hard thing to think about, but it happens with these illnesses, especially this time of year. So when we look yeah. at overall health and just kind of healthy lifestyles that can create not necessarily a magical barrier that's going to keep you healthy all the time, but will help you be able to fend off some of those germs, what are some things that you can recommend to people to really think about building a really healthy habit or a healthy habit-filled lifestyle? Yeah. So healthy lifestyle, like you kind of mentioned, can definitely help you thrive throughout your life. So making healthy choices, we know, isn't always the easiest thing to do. It's hard to find the time, the energy, um, especially to do things like exercise regularly or even to prepare healthy meals. Um, however, we've got to know the benefits of it because the efforts will definitely pay off in many ways, really, for the rest of one's life. So um, the first thing I always think of is exercising. Um, 
so many benefits of it. Um, so, you know, definitely pumps up your endorphins. So, um, exercise, physical activity, I mean, it can be walking, running, you know, any type of exercise, it may help to bump the production of your brains, those feel good neurotransmitters called endorphins. You know, we always hear the, the runner's high, that's kind of where that comes from. And that's not just for runners, but anyone doing physical activity and having exercise, it makes you feel good because it does release those endorphins, um, which also helps to reduce stress. Um, and you know, the reduction of stress, that's another thing that we'll talk about is, um, just, it leads to positive effects, you know, on your body, including, you know, cardiovascular, um, benefits, digestive immune systems by helping protect your body from the harmful effects of stress. It just benefits in many ways. Um, and then really, if you think about it, it's sort of like meditation in motion, I always say. So after you exercise, you may often find that you've forgotten about your irritations for the day. You know, it results in energy and optimism. Um, it helps you stay calm and clear and focused, um, just improves your mood. So like I said, regular exercise can increase your mood, um, really your self-confidence, helps you relax. Um, it definitely um, helps lower um, symptoms of mild depression and anxiety. So can improve your sleep. I mean, the, there's just so many benefits we could go on and on and on, but, um, you know, sleep is often disrupted by a lot of stress or depression and anxiety. So all the, um, benefits of exercise really can just ease your stress levels and really give you a sense of command over your body and your life, really. Right. And I think, you know, sometimes we think, oh, we have to do this huge involved workout to get the benefits. But, you know, I think reminding folks that just getting outside and going for a, a short walk, if you have time, that fresh air, that getting outside in the crisp winter air is really good for you too, you know? And I think it doesn't have to be this really involved process where you're going to have to have set aside two hours of your life. Great if you can do it, but you have to, you know, make sure you're doing a little something each day. Right. They recommend about 30 minutes each day. And it really, it doesn't even have to be 30 minutes at one time. You could break it up into three 10 minute sessions, mm, Nice, you know, go for a walk around the block in the morning and then maybe at night and over lunch, you walk for 10 minutes. So just anything that you can do that works for you to try and get it in. Um, and then just, you know, stress, stress reduction. Um, we talked a lot about this cause it's kind of related to, um, exercise, um, just because, you know, it, it is a benefit from exercising, but just learning to look at, you know, sort of recognize the stresses in your life and then manage it just because stress can include trouble sleeping, headaches, you know, stomach problems. Um, it's just good ways to deal with stress is, you know, the exercise, healthy eating habits, relaxation exercises, um, deep breathing, meditation, um, talking to trusted family members, all of that is going to help reduce um, stress. So, and, you know, talk, talking to your doctor about it or, you know, even a pastor or something like that um, just really helps. But, you know, when, you're, when your body feels stressed and you get stressed, really what happens is your immune system goes down and then you're more apt to pick up those illnesses. So um, exercising is super important as, as well as, you know, reducing your stress levels or managing those, I should say. That's great. That's such a helpful reminder. And you, you know, I, I think we always also hear a lot about, you know, drinking plenty of water and fluids, especially, you know, Minnesota winters, things get really dry. 
and inside. Um, our, I notice, you know, right away, the seasons change and our hands start to be more rough and drier. You notice it in your skin. So tell us more about how we can stay properly hydrated. Yeah. So um, staying hydrated with water, you know, doesn't mean to grab like a sugary soda or anything, yeah, right. you know, water here, but so staying hydrated with water, just it helps to maximize your physical performance. So it affects your energy levels, your brain function, helps to ward off headaches. So hydration is super important as is um, just nutrition in general. So we want to keep mindful of eating a well-balanced, low-fat diet, you know, lots of fruits and vegetables, whole grains, um, low in fat, low in cholesterol, you know, not a lot of added sugar. So we want to eat whole foods. Um, and really, if you think about the way we fuel our bodies is so important in fighting off illness. So we, it's, you know, it's just super important to prioritize, you know, a healthy diet. So, you know, have breakfast, you know, and if possible, maybe pack your lunch when you go to work. So you're not tempted to, you know, get those fast foods, that sort of thing. So just keeping mindful of nourishing your body with vitamin rich foods so that it has the strength to fight off germs when needed when you come into contact with those things. Yeah, that's really a great reminder. And thinking about, um, you know, just, I know when we were planning this conversation, you included something, you know, just even being, uh, incorporating some mindfulness activities in your day-to-day can help slow your stress level, down, lower your stress level, but also maintain your overall body bodily health. Tell us more about that. Yeah. So incorporating mindfulness into your day is super important. Everyone can benefit, you know, with those activities helps to reduce stress. Um, So maybe you do a 10 minute yoga session or, you know, an afternoon tea, you play calming music, deep breathing, you know, we can all think of several activities, but, you know, just making those a part of your daily rhythm, even just for a short period of time, you know, just a few minutes, it can really have a big impact. Um, you know, and just helps with our overall outlook, you know, being mindful. Um, you know, when we think about health, healthy outlook too, I always think about um, keeping good company. Yeah. So, you know, if you've ever noticed how some people in your life lift you up and others don't. Yes. So keeping those uplifting people close to you, um, you know, positivity can really have a profound effect on your health. So just being picky about the company that you choose. Um, and, you know, may seem like it doesn't correlate to health, but it does. Negativity drags us down. It depletes us of valuable energy. So, you know, staying, you know, around positive family and friends and positive work environment, um, positive attitude, do things that make you happy. Um, it just it's beneficial to your health. So super important. Get outside. That's another important thing. Um, moving outdoors can do wonderful things for your mental and your physical health. And you can do that with, you know, with your exercise. Sure. Um, there's lots of research that shows that nature being outside helps with depression and anxiety. Um, and then we saw this with COVID too, with fresh air, it decreases the chance of spreading airborne illnesses. So really great to get outside. Um, another big thing I was um, big on is rest. So adults are recommended to have seven to eight hours of sleep at night. I would argue maybe even more if you feel like you need it. Um, but that's a really important um, tip. You know, if you want to stay healthy and mentally strong, you absolutely need to make rest a priority. So like I said, adults, seven or eight hours, maybe even more. So. Yeah, and that, and we know just from being adults, 
there aren't many adults who can honestly say that that's a consistent pattern for them. So I think that that's really a nice goal to set in place is to just try to have that consistent bedtime in the evening if you possibly can. And it's consistent wake up time because those rhythms are very important for staying healthy all the way around. Um, as we close things out, anything else you want to add as kind of a, a last tip or just... I, all the things you've shared, Sarah, have been so helpful and great reminders for us, especially this time of year. The only thing I would add is just, you know, I think we see less smoking nowadays compared to years and years ago. But, you know, if there's still smokers out there, try to quit. If you do smoke, there's lots of help out there. Ask your healthcare provider. You can go online. There's lots of smoking cessation programs um, as well as, you know, doctor consultations for smokers to try and quit. But that would be another thing that is not, you know, good for your overall health. Um, you know, we know that for many reasons, but trying to quit would be really important. Watching alcohol intake as well is really important. Um, but no, I would say um, just all of these, you know, do what you can um, and just kind of be mindful of these reminders. And hopefully, you know, you'll ward off the illnesses and stay healthy. That's wonderful. Well, thank you once again, Sarah Holly, for joining us. Um, always informational and uh, just so useful. If you want any other resources related to care of young children and families, we have wonderful resources available on our website, inclusivechildcare.org. Thank you, Sarah. I look forward to our next conversation. We appreciate these great series that we've been able to do with you on Inclusion Matters. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening. For more resources, visit us at inclusivechildcare.org.